Hello, listeners, and Happy New Year from the Criterion Cast crew. You've got a couple of us here today who are going to just kind of give a few quick off-the-cuff remarks about the just-released, hot-off-the-presses, wacky New Year's drawing from the Criterion Collection. Uh, it's been an annual tradition for quite a few years now, and I am here to kind of get us into the latest rendition of that. I'm David Blakesley, pretty frequent contributor here to Criterion Cast on the podcasting and the reviewing side, and I am joined by Aaron West. Hello, Aaron. Hey, David. Happy New Year's Eve, I guess. Uh, I don't know when this will go up, but Happy New Year if it's uh, if it's in 2018. Well, I think we're in the season for Happy New Year uh, felicitations and all that. And uh, I think we want to try to get this out there pretty quick because this is extremely yes. timely. It's pretty fresh. And we want to kind of give listeners a chance to hear our takes and maybe uh, offer some responses in the comment sections on the various social media feeds mm-hmm. where this will be published. But, yes, the uh, our, our cartoonist Jason Poland has a – kind of a commission every year by the Criterion Collection. They give him a select list of things to come in the uh, weeks and months ahead, and uh, he puts it to illustration, and we get the chance to decipher the clues dropped in that uh, drawing. And so you will find a copy of that drawing embedded to the show notes for this uh, podcast. Uh, I'm sure you've many of us uh, who uh, listen to this will have already received it in our email, seen it pop up on our Facebook or Twitter feeds, or maybe even some other places. Uh, but Aaron, you've already done a pretty good job of cataloging, and there's been a few other people chipping in. I think you've done a little mm-hmm. bit of scrolling and trolling around in the uh, Criterion Forum threads and elsewhere. So tell us a little bit about what you've learned, and we'll just get into uh, sure. picking this thing apart. And Facebook and Reddit and Twitter. Uh, I, I will say, actually, just to, to start out, I don't know if you noticed that, of course, this is an audio podcast, so people at home can't hear me, but um, I am wearing a Filmstruck shirt, and I am drinking from a Filmstruck uh, cup. <laughs> so I, it, it <laughs> We'll seems... have to post some screen caps oh, or put no. some swag up there. <laughs> <laughs> well, it is a New Year's Eve, and I'm not exactly uh, present. Uh, didn't, didn't brush my hair for that, but... Um, but anyway, I, I think the, uh, Filmstruck is going to be a pretty prominent topic in this conversation. Uh, so that's that's one thing we sussed out pretty easily. Uh, but yeah, basically we, uh, thanks to the internet and and actually some of these clues were pretty intuitive. Uh, we I think we've pretty much figured out maybe not all of them um, beyond a shadow of a doubt, but I think we have a pretty good idea what um, what's on this clue. Uh, you're it's, not mentioning Shadow of a Doubt, the Hitchcock film, as one of the possibilities, are you? There? It's coming, David. It's coming. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> no, read between uh, no, the lines. No yes. Hitchcock in, in this uh, in this drawing, at least that, that I'm aware of yet. Um, but uh, maybe some big directors, uh, some things we know, and some things that might be a little perplexing for for people. Uh, and I'll just mention that I'm drinking a Filmstruck <laughs> coffee. <laughs> so yes. we'll get to that. Hold that thought. Highly branded there. Well, do you want so to how just... do how do we want to tackle this? We've we've got a drawing. Um, I'm just looking right now. I mean, this is this is incredibly live, folks. Ryan Gallagher <laughs> has done his beautiful usual job of kind of cataloging and alphabetizing the different clues. Maybe we can. Do you want to work off of that, Aaron? Have you seen that? It's on our Slack channel. There, uh, Ryan just put it up there with the A B C D E and all that stuff. Actually, I think it's the same one I made this morning. So uh, okay, so okay, yeah. um, let's uh, well let's double we, check. <laughs> but, okay. do we want to just go alphabetically right down the line here, since that's probably the image that'll be posted? Yeah, actually, he went through. Yeah, same same format. So yeah, let's uh, okay. let's go alphabetically. Okay, well, so what we have here, I'll just kind of give a global overall impression. You've got a truck with a stream. That's kind of the central feature. Uh, There's a bit of a landscape here. I guess this is a bit of a pastoral scene, if you want to call it that. Uh, (laughs) There's a truck with a big flow of water spilling out of its kind of back hatch there. There's a moon. There's a tree. There's some hills. And then there's, of course, the usual cast of characters. A lot of little oddball uh, figures and things happening uh, at various portions of the uh, scene presented before us. And so we're just going to kind of 
pick this apart in alphabetical order and just kind of see what uh, what the the clues seem to suggest to us. So we'll start with letter A, mm-hmm. which uh, is and yeah. Uh, we should probably mention that the best way to listen is to pull up the post on Criterion Cast so you can follow along um, and see which ones we're talking about. But yeah, uh, A is uh, well. It kind of looks like Cyrillic alphabet there. Three, <laughs> <laughs> but no, this is not a yeah. Russian film. It's it's close to Russia. It's it's a uh, it's a Finnish film. Uh, I guess yep. uh, Aki Korsmaki is up that way, up in the neighborhood there. It's this the is probably the first one anybody gets. I think. <laughs> yeah. Yes. This one's pretty easy. Uh, there's been some poster art released. It's a pretty prominent, uh, you know, recent uh, release from Aki Korsmaki, who's pretty much a. I think he's pretty well enshrined as a Criterion Collection favorite. He's got a lot of films in the collection. Uh, he's he's one of the very few him and Ozu and uh, maybe other Kurosawa who have two mm-hmm. sets in the Eclipse series. Uh, and the other side of hope was his most recent release. I think it's is that a 2016 or 2017 film? Hmm, I, I, international release dates are confusing, but I think for yeah. that, I think 2016 for that. Um, we, he also right. has a couple main releases already. Uh, of course, La Have, um, and uh, I, I, what's, what's the other one? The black and white one. Uh, the Bohemian. Uh, Le Bohemian. Le Bohem. Yes, the Bohemian. Not life. the opera. <laughs> And I, probably yeah. others. Uh, uh, just about everything of his is already on uh, Criterion. I, I think maybe uh, the, the Man Without a Past is a big one. That's not. Uh, there might be a couple others, but yes, he. This is uh, m- almost definitely the other side of hope. In fact, I think he, we could say that definitely this is the other side of hope. That yes. one is nailed down. <laughs> it's, it's, we, Criterion has the poster. Uh, it's already touring on Janus, so it's just a matter of when. So pretty obvious there to get things started. However, uh, clue B is probably one of the biggest puzzles or mysteries yet to be resolved. So we might speculate a little bit here. We have a crescent moon. There is a young woman, apparently. It looks like a woman sitting on the kind of southern end of that moon. She's holding a flag, which Mm -hmm. has been uh, analyzed as perhaps Swedish, perhaps English. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's got kind of that big... Anything St. Andrew's Cross, right? Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe Denmark or Norway, Swiss, even. even? Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. But it's a big cross flag, and so uh, you know, there's there's a few things. Is this an eclipse? It's not really. It's a crescent moon. It's not an mm-hmm. eclipse, and so I think we right. have to be it's... careful about going too far uh, with that. I mean, crescent moons are pretty common. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. What are your well, thoughts? It, it is a moon. <laughs> I think. Yeah. So, so one thought is eclipse. It, the, it may, may not be an eclipse. I guess it could be, depending on the your perspective. We just had one this year, so uh, we we all saw them in per- well, not everybody, but most of us saw one in person. Um, yeah, the flag is really the the, the big mystery. Uh, my, my first thought was maybe it's a Swedish flag. You know, without color, it's impossible to tell. And of, of course, I was hoping for something Bergman. Uh, I, I, we already know there's the 24 films coming out from Janus this year. And we're hoping that there is some or sort like of a theatrical distribution. Theatrical. Nothing product, no no home media announced yet. But Not we, that we kind know. of wonder if it's in the works. Right? We've we've all speculated and hoped. Um, uh, this may be the other the other side of hope. Uh, this is speculation. <laughs> so it could be. I, I, now I, I don't think if it was going to be a Bergman, I don't think Eclipse would be the uh, the answer. I even obscure Bergman. I think would they'd find a way to put that mainline. Um, do you agree? Oh yeah, completely. I mean, there you know, Eclipse series number one was early Bergman, but I think in this day and age, they probably would do those films in a different edition. And I think, especially with the centennial coming up, it seems pretty likely that some kind of comprehensive, expensive <laughs> edition is on its way. But you know, nothing's for sure until we hear the announcement. Yeah, and, and just kind of devil's advocate, and I think it probably is something Bergman. Um, that's just, but that could be wishful thinking on my part. But I also saw, yeah. I mean, of course, anything with moon in it. Um, I saw some speculation about paper moon. Eh. I saw Duncan Jones's moon. Um, one that I I put up Princess from the Moon, which is a Kan Ichikawa film. Uh, you got a young woman on the moon. Uh, but that flag kind of throws everything off. It's a, mm-hmm. Kan Ichikawa put a 1987 film project together. It's kind of a science fiction slash samurai type thing. It's it's a pretty interesting 
film. In fact, it's playing on my monitor right now just to see if I can find any any uh, any indication that this woman's holding a flag. <laughs> exactly. It would be a really nice addition. I mean, that that late '80s Japanese cinema is kind of a a bit of a of a void. I mean, with Tampopo and you know with a few other titles, there have been some recent additions, but. Uh, the Makioka sisters even, but I think there's still a lot of interesting stuff that was happening in Japan in the late 80s, early 90s that Criterion is just kind of getting into. So this would be a nice addition to the collection, but I'm not sure this clue really points us in that direction. Yeah, one I thought actually right before we began recording, and I haven't seen it elsewhere, was uh, Fritz Lang's Frau Immond, um, which translates as Woman in the Moon. So... That would fit. I even Googled the um, – uh, of course, it's not the German flag. We, we know the German flag does not look like that. Um, it's, and and I, this was during the Weimar Republic, so I thought maybe, maybe that's the flag. But no, that's actually very much like the German flag, just uh, – I think it's one fewer stripes. Uh, so and, – and I'm not sure about – it seems like a Kino type of title anyway, so it's probably not that. But uh, yeah, I speculate. Is it Bergman? Is it anything else? Is it – some sort of moon title we don't know could be a mini yeah so that one may be kind of the uh, enduring puzzle that uh, emerges from all of this but let's keep things moving here actually uh, I'm sorry I, oh go ahead yeah I, there one was one interesting thing from criterion forum now i thought this was a bit of a reach but somebody pointed out that um and i, I don't have the post in front of me but they pointed out that Bergman had a fascination with angels and demons and there was uh, something in his signature and some Swedish translation uh, that of something that sounds like moon that they thought might mean moon. So I'll I'll we'll put that link in the notes of uh, the, his mm-hmm. angels and demons. I do think that's a stretch, but yeah, he put this little demon with a pitchfork that was part of his kind right. of conventional autograph there. So that was it. That yeah. was it. Yeah, maybe I, it doesn't look like a demon. Looks like a nice lady, but <laughs> um, you never know. She's just tempting you. <laughs> All right. Well, so, yeah, uh, listeners, definitely give us your best shot on that one, and we'll see where we land on it. All right, moving on to clue C. Uh, we have a tree with roots, or is it kind of a tree being mirrored? And this has kind of landed on two different destinations. Mm-hmm. One is Darren Aronofsky's The Fountain, which, of course, has a pretty – you know, fabulous concluding scene, and it's, I mean, the whole thing is kind of building up this image of this, of this tree of life. But it seems to me that more likely is Terrence Malick's The Tree of Life, which was, what, 2011, 12, somewhere back in there. Wow, been that uh, long. It's been a while, yeah. I remember, I remember talking about the new Malick uh, early, early on in my uh, involvement with Criterion cast, and so I figured it must have been around... 10, 11, 12, somewhere in there. And uh, our good friend Mark Herney kind of posted a link in our little back back room chatter here uh, about images of the tree of life. And the, the classic image of the tree of life is a big multi-branch tree with roots that spread mm-hmm. out just as, just as deeply under the surface. So there's kind of a mystical element here. Uh, what do you think, Aaron? Boy, uh, well, I haven't seen the fountain, so uh, and I guess I've just been spoiled that there's a tree at the end. <laughs> it's probably not a major spoiler. Uh, so, uh, actually, I just happened to watch Mother last night, um, but that's uh, so Aronofsky's on my mind. I don't believe he has anything in the collection yet, does he? No, he seems like a director who's due kind of like a Christopher Nolan, like mm-hmm. a pie or something like that would be a good entry point because I think the studio still like to kind of hold on to his stuff and he's pretty well enmeshed in the big studio system even though he doesn't always make all the money back. No, <laughs> no. I don't think but, I don't know what he did for mother, but but so Tree of Life so the images are striking either way. And so I, I think of it as okay, if I were gonna make a fountain clue, I probably would have made something with a, an actual fountain. Um, with and, water spraying out, right? And so. if I were to make a tree of life clue, I would probably make. And I think I even joked before the, the newsletter came out that I wanted to see a, tr- a tree with a heartbeat, hoping for tree of life. So I hate to go down that hey double clue roll road, but maybe do you think for them to choose I mean, this I, image that could directly I, correlate to two films? I mean, I think there's a possibility. I wouldn't shut it out because I think the fountain would be very well received by 
many in the Criterion community. I mean, there are some fountain haters out there, <laughs> and I'll, but I think I think it's a very impressive film. I think it's complex, it's deep, it's it's um, worthy of of analysis, and I think it does have a commercial appeal to it. That mm-hmm. you know, I, I mean, I've had the the original kind of mainstream fountain release on Blu-ray for years and I've shown it to friends and it's a pretty impressive piece of work. It would definitely benefit from some supplements, but I think, you know, with Hugh Jackman's involvement with Aronofsky's, Aronofsky's cachet as a, as a kind of a, a happening director, it would be, it would be a very worthy first criterion release, but I think mm-hmm. the Malik connection is probably stronger. I also have that tree of life Blu-ray. It's a nice addition. I've watched it several times, uh, even with my family. Uh, but you know, uh, we did, we saw the same thing with the new world. There's a pretty good addition right. out there and criterion just went up to, and of course we can even go down the Lynch road. <laughs> if we want to talk about, you know, criterion, uh, re-upping on, on uh, some pretty well-established properties already. Yeah, and I, I didn't dig for uh, in, into our history, but I'm pretty sure I know that Tree of Life has come up before. I don't know if it's been rumors or, or some sort of hints, but I think we're pretty much we we know that someday there it, it's going to come. It's just a, you know probably kind of like the New World. It's when Shivo and uh, Malik got to it, and as anybody that knows Malik, notwithstanding these last few years, usually he takes his time. Um, working on his project so um maybe this is the year i um, either way i'd well yeah and then the idea of of alternate cuts or expanded editions deleted scenes you know there's there's tons of material and possibilities there i think that was the rumor that there's a longer cut and i (laughs) some people might cringe at a longer cut a tree of life uh, but uh, uh actually even a shorter cut i think would be interesting so yeah hey i'd love to see uh them play around with that one but anyway i expect it someday Yep, and and the voyage of time, which kind of is a, I think some of that footage was woven into the tree of life. I'm sure there's people much more deeply versed in all of the of the lore here <laughs> than I am. So, uh, you know, bring it, folks. Let's hear bring some of your it. thoughts on what the right. tree of life uh, dream criterion collection edition might might include. All right, going over to clue D. I guess Clue D and E are somewhat related, so why don't we just kind of tackle those sure. both together? We see in D a bunch of uh, graduation caps uh, being tossed in the air, those little uh, tassels and what are those, plaster boards or whatever called, uh, and and it's happening beyond the hills. It is right <laughs> kind of on the horizon. There, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah so you see a few dips there, a little, uh, little line drawing there. So you see caps being tossed in the air, which implies what? graduation let's graduate and, uh, yeah congratulations and the occurrence is <laughs> yeah congratulations and the occurrence beer beyond the hills christian manju uh a director who's been anticipated as joining the criterion collection for that was a four months three weeks two yeah. days or however that goes that was um, two yeah. years ago <laughs> that, that, yeah right. actually and, trevor trevor our friend trevor sniffed that out of the yapu set so Way to go, Trevor. <laughs> it was it was hanging up on that wall of mm-hmm. uh, the other forthcoming artwork. And then <laughs> somewhere between the time that Trevor spied it and you and I had a chance to see that same wall, it got taken down. <laughs> <laughs> so so we're still waiting on Manju's official Criterion debut, but it does seem like we've got two of his films. Beyond the Hills was a 2012 release. Graduation came out in 2016. In uh, 2016, he and... Uh, Oh my gosh! Who did? Uh, uh, Asayas, I think, tied for best director award at Cannes. So, mm-hmm. you know, Manju is definitely in those upper echelons of the art house directors currently producing work, and so it seems pretty likely that we may either have two separate releases or. Dare we think about maybe a box maybe. set? Ooh, maybe with the three. Well, I, I have seen Graduation, and in fact, you're welcome. I, I bought the Region B, so that means that I, I, I made this happen. That's and right. I, you tipped the balance. I so. did. Uh, so, um, But I haven't seen Beyond the Hills because that's been rumored so long, I just figured I'd wait for the inevitable, <laughs> which was looking less likely as time passed. But, um, but yeah, I, and I've also seen four months, three weeks, and two days. Uh, so yeah, I think the Romanian New Wave is a very interesting movement. Uh, we have we don't really have a strong representation of that in the collection. So I think the, these two or three, if it's a box set, would be uh, yeah. I think these this and, and the death of Mr. Lazarescu I think are basically the um, the key releases from from this movement. So I'd, I'd love it. Um, and it looks like it's going to happen. 
Yeah, I, I think those are pretty strong indicators. Now, if you go into IMDb and you type in graduate or graduation, you're going to see a lot of other titles. But I, oh, David, I think, it just came to me. It's the graduate. It's coming to Criterion Collection. <laughs> In the new 8K restoration. <laughs> All right. how, did we not, how did we not get that? Well, the next well, one's easy, too. Uh, yeah, F is the uh, – it's a, it's a piece of fruit. It's a pomegranate sliced yeah. in half, and I think that's pretty obvious, the color of pomegranates, which I had a chance with uh, William Remmers just a few weeks ago to talk about um, the Criterion Reflections podcast. And we did speculate about what a nice addition that would make. I know the color of pomegranates we got a U.K. release. Is that an arrow or Masters uh, of Cinema or it was, somebody? It was either BFI or Second Run. I think it was yeah, okay. run, actually, uh, which which is kind of arrow in a way. Right. So so you know it's it's is a great film, a really uh, wonderful visual, musical, sensory experience. Um, Sergei Paradonov is a great director, uh, kind of a persecuted uh, martyr for the arts, if you will. Uh, but he made this uh, kind of labor of love. It ran into some censorship issues resulted in two different uh, editions, two different versions of the film, both of them equally legitimate and with some very fascinating, unique uh, differences as well as, of course, many similarities. Uh, but it's about the life of an artist and uh, kind of a very, kind of say, a very visual, poetic, even kind of surrealistic experience that I think would be well-received. It's also part of the Martin Scorsese World Cinema Foundation uh, restoration efforts that have been ongoing in recent years. Uh, so, yeah, uh, I really enjoyed it. This is currently available on, on Filmstruck, only temporarily. I think it's supposed to like go offline in March or something like that. So there was some question as to whether this was just kind of a temporary loaner. But to me, this clue indicates that Criterion has secured the rights and will be Perhaps just reproducing what the uh, the English already have convenient access to in Region 2 there. Uh, maybe they'll do something a little different. Who knows? Yeah, I think it's worth noting also that this is a uh, Film Foundation WCP title. So, it's of course, Criterion has a very strong relationship with them and their titles. So, I guess another question is, could this be a standalone release? Uh, because we thought Taipei Story or... Uh, um, and what was the other one in that set? Uh, well, a Mysterious couple, Object at Noon. Yeah, a couple of them uh, yeah. could have been standalone releases in the WCP2. Is it can hey, since this is all about speculation? So how about a WCP3 with pomegranates anchoring it? Um, well, it maybe. would be nice, except they'd have to really make a lot of room for pomegranates because, like I say, there are two full-length special different editions. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are some excellent supplements That's that are true. available on YouTube. I mean, that would be one that would. One disc would have to be somewhat packed out. So, I, and I think the reputation of the film is is substantial enough that I think it could justify a standalone release, along the line of like a brighter summer day yeah, or something. Just, like that. just thinking that that kind of set that precedent too. And uh, yeah, I haven't seen it yet, so I, I know it's supposed to be visually striking. Um, so of course I would love as much uh, room to um, to fill up our TVs as possible. But um, yeah, looks looks like again an easy clue. I think we can pretty much rubber stamp this one that's happening. Very good. Well, let's go ahead and look at G. Uh, G is a stack of bullets, kind of all standing on end there, pointing towards the sky. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I mean, is there something to be said about the bullets themselves, or is it something in combination with what we have listed here as Clue J? Yeah. Bowling well, ball, kind of with an arrow pointing in that direction. Sometimes they do play around with these, and they do combine clues uh, to have you know one clue meaning something, and then meaning something else when they're uh, combined together. Uh, I think this probably is uh, bowling for Columbine because there's a bowling ball in J, and then G is the bullets, and there's an arrow. Which there's a knight in between. We'll, we can get to the knight in a second, but uh, uh, in, unless the bullets mean something else, of course. There's bullets in a lot of movies. Uh, I was just joking with a friend that uh, he said Reservoir Dogs is coming to the collection because there's bullets. And uh, I said, well, and there's also a skeleton, and bullets kill people. So, of course. But, no, it's uh, – who, who knows uh, if it's if – there's Or Steve McQueen in Bullet, except that's just one bullet. <laughs> yeah, you could, you could probably make that argument for you know hundreds, if not thousands, of films. Uh, there's a lot of bullets in movies, guys. Um, but, no, I, I think it most likely is uh, the um, – 
the bowling ball and the bullets are is probably bowling from Columbine from Michael Moore. Which you know, Michael Moore, he is a filmmaker with. Uh, well, you know, there's some there's some talk about skeletons. There's maybe some skeletons in his closet, <laughs> or or there's just maybe some that's baggage. intentional. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he is he is a a polarizing filmmaker. Obviously, there are people, including some of our own friends, who mm-hmm. might think, "Am oh, Michael Moore? Isn't he a bit of a hack, or isn't he a bit of a?" You know, extreme partisan. Well, he is all that. I, 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 you know, I hail from the same state that Michael Moore likes to celebrate his roots, Michigan, and all of that. Um, and I actually hap- happen to have a pretty extensive collection of Michael Moore films because I've just been intrigued by his work for a long time. Uh, I would put Bowling for Columbine at the very top of his game. There, he's. Mm-hmm. I agree with he, that. Uh, it's it's his best film. It's before he kind of went. A little bit more off the rails, became a little bit less of a, or before he became more of a, um, I don't know, a sensationalist provocateur, was more of a guy just really saying, hey, I have a message, I have a perspective, I want to tell my story, I want to tell the story of these common folks, and I think Bowling for Columbine really does uh, combine the earnestness of his a sincere quest for truth as well as the kind of uh unique gifts that he does have as a filmmaker i mean he he's he's not just filming kind of uh guerrilla you know shock tactic footage there where he's chasing people down now, have in you seen roger and me <laughs> well well yeah that was that There's was his breakthrough that, yeah. there is but of that and 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 i think that's that's a unique thing i mean it was certainly a fresh take at the time but he's also collaborating uh and 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 collating old footage of of you know educational videos and promo clips and just right. oddball right. stuff and making this kind of collage of pop culture and the uh, gun fetish mentality, I think it's an important film. And I, I, I would like to think that Criterion could kind of put it in a little bit of an objective showcase to say, hey, let's kind of revisit this, uh, especially in this era where mass shootings have only become more mm-hmm. appalling and devastating since the initial horrors of Columbine. Yeah, and, and and when when I saw this, I, it made me think about your statement on our prior uh, show, and and I, actually, there's another film that ties into this as well. But that we are that this is 2017 was really the year of Trump, and I, I think we some of the releases we saw this year, uh, I think uh, directly uh, were, were in response to that. Uh, I think General Adi, Idi Amin uh, Dada was one. Uh, there have been a couple others, but I think this kind of takes that a little further and and by the way i'm not going to put politics in the, the, the mouths of the people at criterion but just going to wager, wager a guess that they're probably not the biggest trump fans and um and <laughs> even though they just love guess. blocks just from trump tower <laughs> throwing hey, they might be they might actually throw rocks at trump tower from their offices um so I, I think I think they could do something interesting with with the the, the movie I, I'm I like the Columbine I think I have my problems with Moore, even though I, I generally sympathize and appreciate his message. I don't often. I think he the methods he takes to get there, and I think some of the editing and misrepresentation I think is questionable. Like for for instance, and I don't want to get too far into Columbine or any of his films, but he said that Canadians don't lock their doors, which you know what there is crime in Canada. <laughs> so, but anyway, yeah. th- that notwithstanding, it's still I, I think the the thesis of Bowling for Columbine is important and still relevant. And I think um, I'd be interested to see what kind of supplements who they get to talk about it today. Uh, you know, maybe they get like somebody like Liz Warren. Uh, who knows? Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. Could, could well, be- and 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 will Moore himself work with Criterion to kind of do an updated version of this? I mean, that yeah. could be fascinating in itself if he decides to do some kind of. Where are we now? I mean, you know, footage or, or kind of re, revisiting uh, some of the people he interviewed. Uh, if I mean, there's there's a lot of interesting possibilities, so he, I'm incre- incredibly intrigued by what this might turn into. And he is an, an engaging figure. He was on the camera person disc at a film, a, actually a Flint Film Festival, and I, uh, you know, I, I have issues with him, but I, I really enjoyed his uh, perspective, and I. So I, I would like to see to hear his thoughts on today, even though I could basically probably predict him. Um, I don't think he's a fan of today, but uh, but I still would like and, and also just reflecting on Columbine. And I, I know that was a even though Roger and me was probably his breakthrough. This was probably his second breakthrough and a, a very uh, it was very critically acclaimed at the time. So uh, 
yeah, I even though I there, are, yeah, we do have some hater friends, and, and there will be some complaining. I, I actually would look forward to this as a film, as a release. Okay, well, let's kind of kick over to H here. This is the Paul Skeleton. Uh, we've talked about Dead Man, the Jim Jarmusch film, and that probably seems to be where we're going here. But, you know, again, skeletons. Well, there's there's different <laughs> versions of skeletons. And then there's some interesting little, what you might call graffiti or lettering that's happening up on the skull there. There's uh, an L and an S. And then if you look over to the right of the one S, there's maybe a second S as well. Uh, this this might be another one of those puzzlers. I mean, yeah. we, could, we can settle on Dead Man. I think that's, you know, with Jim Jarmusch, with the... Kind of Jerry Garcia esque clue from a couple, you know, several month or two ago. Sure, but what else you got there? Well, uh, yeah, I think this is more of an Occam, Occam's, Occam's Razor, if I can say it, uh, kind of clue. I mean, we know Dead Man is coming. We we've been we've heard about it, and and uh, they've talked about it. Actually, they sent an email about it, so we know it's coming. The the yeah the Jerry Garcia clue had a skeleton. Um, this is definitely an, a Dead Man, um, but the LS does confuse it a little bit and somebody in our our, our now group uh made a good point that the l and the s could just be uh the jaw bones and, and cheek you know they could just be part, of the, be part of the illustration right and we right. might be reading too much into it and you know it's not like this community well, we is take not... it to the micro level <laughs> <laughs> we <laughs> have our magnifying glasses out <laughs> <laughs> so um so i think it is uh dead man i've seen some other Speculate some speculation that it's the thin man. So yeah, um, and I there was the reach was that because he was close to the dog, I guess. So, um, and then there was another comment that it was bringing up baby, uh, but and the, I, I won't even get into the the rationale behind that one. I th- I think if it were to be either of those two, the thin man or bringing up baby, I could think of other clues that would make more sense than a, a yeah, I mean, skin and bones. Thin man, yeah, this, oh, there's this no is, skin. these are, <laughs> there's no skin, just, just bones. <laughs> yes. <laughs> if there were skin, then maybe it would be the thin man. And also, I, I don't know that the thin man, uh, I, I guess as much as I'd like to see it, I, I think if that were to come out, that would probably be a box or, you know, and we'd probably hear about the rights. I, I don't know. Maybe. Mm-hmm. And The Living Skeleton is an Eclipse series when horror came to Shochiku, so <laughs> I don't think they're thinking about a Blu-ray upgrade for that one. There. I think it's The Lost Skeleton of Cadavra, <laughs> David. Uh, what do you think? <laughs> well, I'll be a little stumped on that one, or, but uh, let's just kind of keep things rolling. I yeah. think we, we've pretty much hit the depths on that. So uh, from H to I, we have an L, a, an L-shaped figure. It's a knight in armor. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lancelot Duloc, is that what we're thinking here? One of King Arthur's uh, heralded uh, Knight of the Round Table there? I think of 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 all the, the clues in this batch, I think this one's the one that we're still not sure about. Or I think this and the moon clue are, are the most uh, perplexing. Uh, so it seems um, that, and in fact, our friend Matt Gasteyer suggested Nightcrawler, and actually he's pretty insistent that it's uh, that Dan Gil- Gilroy's uh, film, Nightcrawler, from what, a couple mm-hmm. years ago? Because it is a worm, uh, and you can see the positioning. It does look like it's in crawl formation, and, and worms crawl. <laughs> that's that's hence the Nightcrawler, and it is a knight. So it, if they were going to do a, a clue for Nightcrawler, this is what, you know, this makes sense. Uh, Lancelot Duloc, aside from the L... And I, I love this. I, I love Lancelot Duloc. I think it's one of Brisson's uh, masterpieces, But um, and I would love to see it. But, again, I think that because it's from the 70s, we probably would get, you know about a restoration of some sort, uh, especially mm-hmm. since it's Brisson. I think we knew about L'Argent. Um, so I, 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 Does could, Lancelot ever appear kind of in full armor like that? I have not seen it myself. Yes, he does. He but, does. Okay. And and he is. And so another argument is he does kneel by water. I saw somebody point that out. Uh, so so maybe I think that's a little bit of a stretch. Uh, I would be happy with either, but I do think it is Nightcrawler in this case. Okay. Um, Fair enough. It, it was a big Oscar film, and and, I, and actually, so this is the, the the selection I thought might tie into the year of Trump, and um, and maybe not really Trump specifically, but the the role of the media the sensationalism um i think it i think there there could be some things to say that haven't been said on the the studio dvd that they could do um something with so yeah i think nightcrawler would make sense and it's kind of already forgotten almost uh, from the 
Oscar season. It, am I getting? I don't. I might be confused here. Maybe I'll edit this out if I sound silly. Is that the one with the big like drum solo or something at the end? No, that's Whiplash. And Whiplash. And you better okay, not whiplash. edit it out. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> now, this, I, I, this, I'm on the record. <laughs> uh, Nightcrawler is. Uh, it's Dan Gilroy. It's uh, Jake yeah. Gyllenhaal. Oh, it's like a news reporter who's exactly. kind of doing all these creepy you know, sensationalist type of stories or something like that. Yeah, and it's uh, it's yeah. really good. And um, what's the name of uh, um, the supporting actor? He was nominated for an Oscar, and he was in um, The Night yeah. Of. I'm, ri- I'm, I'm forgetting it, um, but he's he's excellent. Uh, anyway, I, I think it would fit. Okay, very cool. Well, I'll let that stand, and I guess we will <laughs> off a little clueless on that one. <laughs> okay. Is it clueless? Uh, <laughs> or just brain brain farts whatever so okay so we've already we've already mentioned j which is the bowling ball so we'll go from i over to k well before we get away is, from the bowling ball some people did speculate the big lebowski uh, yeah okay sure we'll we'll throw it out there maybe, i mean probably not you know maybe they, they can do the breakfast club they can do big lebowski right? i mean i think <laughs> if they could get it i think they would do it and i think they would do sure. it right and we've had some cohen's show up uh, but uh, there have I, been a lot of special edition big lebowskis out there so uh there have, but what I think if, yeah. if they were going to cl- do a clue, I think they a bowling ball. You know, a bowling ball could be anything. So I think I think you're, it is Columbine. Yeah, uh, anyway, you know, if they want to double it up, nobody's going to you know, complain about that. Nobody will okay, complain let's... about the Blavowski. I, I guarantee. Right. <laughs> let's go over to K then, which is uh, obviously Umberto D, right, with the cute dog. No, <laughs> no, not Umberto D. We already have that, buddy. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Oh well, yeah. Don't we already have uh, the yeah. graduate too? But anyway, yeah, 8K version. <laughs> <laughs> well, moving on. So, so this is the awful truth. Is apparently what I'm reading from the clues. I'm just going off the Definitely. script here. Uh, this is not Michael Moore's version of the awful truth. Uh, no, but, uh, that's an interesting <laughs> combination. Yeah. yeah, somebody sussed out the uh, an image. This is a different breed of dog than the um, than Flike uh, um, from Umberto D. And so, there. Yeah, yeah. So somebody uh, found an image of the dog standing out up like that with a hat in its mouth so that's kind of that's exhibit a smoking gun guys this is the awful truth leo mccary kind of remind, yeah it reminds me of the uh the walls of jericho clue from yeah. uh, uh, uh it happened one night where you've got a scene from the movie being depicted that's not the typical clue usually they, they're they're riffing off the title but here they're they're playing off of a iconic moment, which I've never seen the awful truth. So that's great. That dog really didn't communicate anything to me, but it is kind of cool to see that kind of connection there. They did one with the the tortoise and the piano, and I think that was speaking to a scene. Um, uh, uh, that was uh, his girl Friday, right? Right, and and there's a Gilda with like the canary uh, right, scene right, there yeah. as well. So so it seems like that classic Hollywood. They like to go for those iconic moments there, which is kind of a fun little twist on the game here so mm-hmm. the awful truth do you yeah. know much about that movie other I, than leo mccary i've directed? seen it it's a, a terrific screwball comedy it's been a little while but i think it's very fitting with the collection kind of kind of is up with the a lot of the classic hollywood they've been doing lately um perfect well i will ask ryan to send me the promo copy so i can do better oh, I, i'm gonna ask for that <laughs> i'm okay. gonna compete for that now i'm kidding the, the duel it, is on yeah, it'll be a very popular release i, I think it, it could could make uh you know some some best lists uh, really great movie okay well we're kind of getting along in the episode here i think we figured we'd just knock this thing off so let's go <laughs> over from k to lmnopqr yeah <laughs> it's one big long stream well, shall we do the airing of the grievances here <laughs> of film struck it looks like it's a film a film's truck <laughs> yes <laughs> is l to start things off it's a truck with a big reel of film on it the back hatch is open as i've already said and and there's a whole bunch of water spilling up the back there with a stream uh, of water it's a stream water of water yes. by the way <laughs> <laughs> yeah streaming this new technology kids get your computer modems dialed in and mm-hmm. get the, the flow of new media up on your screen there so yeah so we have a stream of water we have N, clue N, which is kind of a double image of Fridays, a Friday double feature, you could say. Yeah, I, maybe Freaky Friday, but I think it's probably Friday <laughs> double feature. And then O is a, uh, what is that? That's that kind of like a, Meet the Filmmakers, M-E-A-T. Oh, yes. See what they did there? I a, think, a slab of steak, yes, or some so, kind of prime cut there with is a... a 
holding feature. a movie camera. Yeah, so they've had the Safties. That's that's a, an ongoing series on Filmstruck. So, right. P is a V with a big cow in it. A movie. Movie. Uh, I, I saw somebody suggest Slaughterhouse Five, uh, which I think is a little dark, <laughs> actually. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, but. Boy, that would be an interesting addition. I actually own that on the DVD. Uh, but um, no, I think it's and, yeah, it's time for Vonnegut to get into the collection. I mean, he seems destined for that kind of thing. I, yeah, I, I think though it is just movie. There are movies movie. that are streaming. Yeah. yeah, there's movies streaming, and then there's the Tuesday big Tuesday, and then there's the Tuesday small sure. Tuesday, small short. Yeah, so short feature uh, uh, and and large or short plus feature uh on tuesdays so yeah are, are you picking up on a trend here sir yeah yeah i think i think this is all pretty familiar territory aaron so uh with r we have a guy floating down the stream in a raft he's watching a monitor he's observing uh film art as a matter it of fact there's a there's a, uh, a cell of film on the monitor and he mm-hmm. is thinking about it he's making his uh Gathering his thoughts and getting ready to talk about it, uh, similar to what you and I and others do on this podcasting thing uh, that we uh, dedicate so much of our time to. So, yeah, so it seems to me like we have a pretty nice little rundown of things happening on Filmstruck that are already pretty well-established mm-hmm. traditions over the past year, uh, if not longer. Shall we cue the anger now? <laughs> there, there's been some grief about this one. Uh, and yeah. it is interesting that, so basically, maybe a third of the painting or the drawing is something we are, are features in the service that the majority of us are already familiar with. So I, I, I got to thinking, I, at first I was, as it's clear, these are pretty much all filmstruck. I, I mean, meet the filmmakers, the observations on film art, I, I can't see many other um, options. So my question is, why would they put Filmstruck on the clue? And trying to speculate, you know, so we know it's happening, so maybe there's something big with Filmstruck happening this year that would kind of justify. And then maybe two, three months from now, we'll think, oh, well, okay, Filmstruck is maybe coming to Canada or Europe or PlayStation or some other device. Uh, or maybe... it's Yeah, this is an interesting idea because it does... It does imply Filmstruck doing something different than what they're already doing. I mean, the fact that they're putting it in this New Year's clue. Mm -hmm. So are they expanding? Are they going beyond just their domestic U.S. audience into, you know, international territory? I mean, that would be very welcome news for, I'm sure, a lot of our international listeners. Um, and even even for me, I mean, I, I would be very much in favor of that. I, I really oh, like yeah. the idea of Filmstruck becoming a global phenomenon uh, and a kind of just expanding that community of stuff that we can talk about and, and watch together. They could also be saying that they're going to cut their uh, their disc inventory in a third because because <laughs> uh, the physical media is dying. Uh, no, I, I don't think mm. they're saying that, um, but I, I hope they're not saying that. But uh, yeah, it, this is a curious one. I. I and so there has been some grief online, um, quite a bit, I'd say. This is probably what frustrates most people because uh, I think we're maybe a little spoiled, but we like having our 15 to 20 clues, which are probably cut down to about 10, 15. Mm-hmm. Um, so do you, do you have any feelings on this? Or? Well, it, I mean, I guess it to me it does sort of um, imply or, or puts the task to criterion, in fact, that there's going to be something – substantially new or different about Filmstruck to justify this uh, because, you know, let's face it, this clue is not advertising for the mass market. You know, they, they do enough of their promotional stuff on various social media platforms. And I mean, getting Filmstruck into where it's kind of a default app in our smart TVs and, uh, you know, disc players and stuff mm-hmm. would be nice as well. Because right now, if I'm on my downstairs setup i have i've got a roku upstairs i've just got my smart devices my smart blu-ray player my 4k player and smart tv so i still have to use my phone to stream filmstruck through chromecast for that Hmm. it would be nice to have uh, filmstruck sort of built in uh like hulu and netflix and amazon prime and other or other uh streaming services are uh maybe they're just going to expand it to where it's more of a kind of a uh, uh, everybody has access, you know, just got to click the subscription link and you're in mm-hmm. uh, feel to it, you know. So right now, I mean, I have all the film struck I need. I've got it on my portable devices. I've got it on my 
built-in stuff. Uh, so I'm I'm sat- filmstruck satisfied. But there yeah. are there is an audience out there that maybe could find it a little bit more convenient to use. I mean, when I tell people about it, I I still have to say you know, it's a bit of a process to get completely connected to the way like Netflix would be or something like that. Yeah, our, maybe they're just going to implant Filmstruck in our brain. That would be a pretty big deal. Um, <laughs> just, <laughs> just open the truck and let it spill, yeah. yeah but but so, also yeah. smart TV. Uh, I think there's been thought about you know the smart TV apps with all those 4K TVs out there. That could be something that's pretty big. Uh, yeah, there could be a lot of things. Chromecast, uh, although I don't, is Chromecast very popular? I, I, you use it. Oh, I, I mean, I, I've just had it for several years. I think probably the Fire Stick or Apple TV mm-hmm. are, are more popular just because they – yeah, they yeah, and Roku, right? Those those th- those three devices have better reach than Chromecast, but you know, I've been a Google Android guy for quite a while now. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, you know, I, I got it. In fact, I even upgraded my Chromecast to make uh, Filmstruck work better. Um, but yeah, yeah, I think I think just kind of getting this thing into the mainstream a little bit more. It's still going to be a niche product no matter what mm-hmm. because just the kind of films that they specialize in but I, I just really hope that they continue to enhance the platform and and invest in it i mean I, i've been very happy with what filmstruck has brought oh it's terrific uh, i love yeah, it yeah it's, and, it's and maybe a, this means they're going to dedicate more to it uh, uh of course these are uh series or or um I guess features that they already produce the meet the uh, you know our Madison Wisconsin friends and um and, and yeah, the, yeah. Uh, the meet the filmmakers but yeah um, hopefully there'll be a, 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 for a more dedication to it and I think we've seen in 2017 there's been more uh, I, I think Filmstruck has gotten better as the years gone on so yeah oh maybe, yeah for maybe sure. they're just saying hey Filmstruck's a big deal we're gonna put it in our clue you know get it but yeah most people tuning into this cartoon already know about all that stuff. Most so. people tuning into the cartoon. <laughs> You're exactly. right. Exactly. You're right. Okay, so let's kind of keep things moving, and maybe we'll just continue our little hashing it out process. Yeah, so we've just got a couple more to go. Uh, so going over from R, the man in the raft, over to S, we have a kind of a vice grips squeezing an M. And there's a couple interesting possibilities. The one I'll Probably dispatched the first is the Miami Vice. Oh, you don't, oh, you don't think so? <laughs> well, <laughs> I mean, it, it's it's clever, but I think a Scarlet M, a red-colored mm-hmm. M in a press, Scarlet Empress, uh, the great Marlena Dietrich, uh, Von Sternberg film, uh, That that is one that I actually recall uh, – some years ago, I can't remember the year now, but one of our now defunct Blu-ray upgrade wish list episodes, thinking that really would be a real outstanding addition, just because it is such a, oh, it's a visually yeah. lurid film. It's 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 wonderful, it's and of course, yeah, it is, and it's a film completely lost in DVD only obscurity mm-hmm. that a, a new audience would absolutely be astounded by. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm, this one made me very happy because I love this film. I, I love Sternberg and I and, I, and Dietrich. I actually, it would be great if this is the start of more uh, Sternberg and Dietrich uh, collaborations coming into the collection. And of course, we also have that uh, Three Silent Classics, which is out of print, and um, and I would love to see that come in print. Now, there's no Dietrich in that one, um, but. So all I'm going to say is, if this is Scarlet Empress, please, everybody in the world, buy it So to show that there's demand for <laughs> Sternberg films. Yes. So we'll get these uh, more and, uh, and and more back in print. Yeah. But yeah, that's a yeah, great it, clue, too. Yeah, it, it definitely. That was pretty fun and, and uh, kind of my, my little personal favorite takeaway from all of this. And then finally, let's, let's kind of bring this thing to a head here. Uh, letter T, we have uh, E... A couple, three bottles, kind of running back and forth. Are they about to tackle each other? Are they about to collide? Or are they just running laps? Uh, EVOO, extra virgin olive oil, mm. uh, running frantically, running as if they're very lives dependent. On I it. think they're breaking the sweat. What do you think? <laughs> I, I think I think they're they're pushing themselves so hard they might just die. <laughs> <laughs> they might. This, this they're might killing themselves the, with uh, with exercise here. <laughs> right, so this may be indeed the Virgin Suicides, which was, uh, I think, kind of uh, leaked through. Was it Sophia Coppola or herself? Yeah, yeah, who kind of uh, blurted that out there, got hit the media, and of course we all pounced on that. Sophia Coppola, daughter of Francis Ford, uh, pretty renowned and and uh, very 
yeah, very celebrated filmmaker in her own right. She's taken her share of knocks, but I, I'm a big fan of hers, actually. Yeah. And I think I'd, I'd love to see a whole raft of Sofia Coppola stuff come into the collection. Uh, but The Virgin Suicides, I think that was – was that her debut film or was just her first I'm big breakthrough? Pretty sure. I, 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 yeah. I didn't look it up, but I think it was. And then, of course, it, what followed was Lost in Translation, which I think was her sure. mass breakthrough. Uh, yeah. And uh, – yeah, of course, I would love – so even if you don't like Virgin Suicides, please buy it so that we get lost in translation. Uh, yeah, I, I think it would be nice. I, I mean, it's got a great soundtrack by the French electronica duo Air, and uh, yeah. it's you know, Kirsten Dunst, uh, kind of a big breakout role for her. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think it's a story set in Michigan, so rah-rah. Oh, <laughs> for there the you go. State. <laughs> yeah, I can use more of that. I like the for clue, sure. too. Uh, I, looking at the clue, I uh, – I, I can't see – what else does extra virgin olive oil <laughs> – I mean, is it Popeye? <laughs> Cause for, yeah, some kind of, yeah. <laughs> I don't think it's Popeye. <laughs> some kind of Mediterranean foodie movie or something? I don't know. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I'm pretty clear. Again, more of an Occam's razor thing. Uh, I think we, since we already know it's coming, this just basically reiterates virgin suicide. So welcome to the collection, Ms. Coppola. Mrs. Coppola. Yeah. Yes. So I, I – you know – this this is an interesting drawing. I mean, it doesn't seem quite as loaded. Again, we've already talked about the film struck thing, but uh, and a lot of the stuff that's on there, we kind of already had a pretty good inkling. But mm-hmm. you know, that's okay. It's the New Year's. It's a time to celebrate. Time to be festive, and look on the bright side of things. New possibilities, new hope, and uh, and uh, better things yet to come. We hope. You know, I, th- I think ho- there's some some really encouraging things on here. I think the awful truth. I think. Um, Scarlet Nepris, I think Nightcrawler would be interesting, and uh, and and the um, the Romanian, uh, the Munju. So for sure, I mean, yeah, there's really nothing on here that's like, oh, really? Why is that? You know, which uh, I know I, I'll, I'll 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 confess here when the John Hughes thing came up and Sixteen <laughs> Candles on there last year, it's like, oh, okay. didn't happen though. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't happen though. Sixteen Candles kind of got preempted by the Breakfast Club, which will be out a couple like, days. A couple days, yeah, yeah, exactly. Pretty, pretty odd to see a Criterion release like right on the heels of New Year holiday and all that. But uh, that'll be our first, uh, you know, kind of big throwdown from the CC in 2018. So. I think it's probably a good time to wrap things up. What do you think, Aaron? Yeah, just one last observation is usually these these drawings have some sort of framing device. I remember a room with a view, and I think there have been others. I think this one doesn't. I think this is yeah. There was the bridge that one year, and there's that kind right. of big building. It was yeah. Uh, yeah, with all the windows and all the stuff happening there. This is just kind of a big open landscape. Yeah, like you said, a pastoral landscape. It just happens to have bulletins and dead people and <laughs> and meet <laughs> filmmakers. <laughs> Imagine the possibility. And people committing suicide. <laughs> well, they they cover the spectrum there. They do. And it's hope, reality. Open death. <laughs> All right. Well, open thanks life. for listening, everybody. Uh, we will post this. Uh, throw your throw your thoughts in the comments. We want to hear from you. What's your reactions to this wacky New Year's drawing for uh, kicking off 2018? And what other uh, wishes might you have for Criterion releases uh, in the months to come? We wish you all a happy, safe, prosperous New Year and good times. Uh, we'll be talking to you real soon. Drive safe. <laughs>